from a network of highly secure top secret locations across South Texas. This is the Spurs Insider, the podcast that knows better than to pick a fight with an Australian with Express News beat writer Tom Ringo Orsborne and the polarizing Jeff McDonald. I am Mike Finger. Coming to you on a Tuesday morning when the San Antonio Spurs wake up having won four of their last six games against all odds, unpredictably, um, kind of un- in an unorthodox way. They won these last six games, did not win the games we might have thought they would have won. But how uh, how how do you see the state of the local cagers, Jeff McDonald? Well, according to uh, one person on this podcast, they're underachieving because I was promised four wins in five games. I believe the promise was that that four wins in five games would not have been inconceivable at some point during the rest of the season. So there's there's still a chance for them to do that. This was four wins in six games, so that they have they have not lived up uh-huh. their, their their promise yet. They need to get it together. Okay. Um, would would Five and seven qualify? No. You said four and five. It has to be okay. four and five. That's what you were that's what you said. What 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 the heck is going on? The they 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 lost games that they I mean, the, the the sure wins last week, the likely wins were were some of the uglier losses. And then they turn around and get fined twenty five thousand dollars for resting guys against Phoenix and win that game by 26. What the heck is going on in this town? <laughs> besides the, uh, the, besides the $25,000 fine thing that you just mentioned, if someone had listened uh, to this clip on the podcast, it could have been a sentence from December or January or February, because uh-huh. that's just been this team all year losing the games. You kind of think they should have won and winning the games that kind of making it up by winning the games you didn't think they had a, a shot in hell at winning. It's just been their kind of MO all year long. And you, you saw it again in this past week where you think all is lost. And then maybe all – I mean, they had two pretty good wins in a row. And it just tells me they have a way of getting getting your hopes up and then bashing them, I think, if you're a Spurs fan. That's, that's kind of what we've been the saying. Thing. So I would, I, would, I would say look out below this, this week coming up. The Phoenix game – kind of reminded me of the bubble experience in August in that, you you know, you have two guys that might not have been on the Suns scouting report and Drew Eubanks and uh, Devin Vassell that, that step up and have great games and uh, just caught them kind of off guard, especially Drew with, with his uh, performance against uh, DeAndre. So um, yeah, it it was just, they just kind of, caught them off guard completely and it's something you see in the NBA I think when you got guys out and the other team relaxes a bit and then wham you know they they punch you in the face right away and keep keep punching and in a very spurs like way it's not even a simple narrative or explanation as to oh the the young guys got a chance and played well like maybe if not the best player, one of the best players on the floor for the Spurs against Phoenix was Rudy Gay, right? I mean, he had he had a great game off, game off the bench. Yeah. Um, and it, it just seems like that's another example of just 
production coming from unlikely places. That's the, that's a guy, the old guy who should be tired. The one guy who's not getting a rest. He steps up. You got Devin Vassell at the other end of the spectrum who has not played as much as he did earlier in the year. Maybe should play a little bit more, might play a little more, uh, down the stretch, but, um, it seems like things are at least in, over the past few days, like Jeff said, they, all is not lost. And, um, the, you know, the Indiana thing that was definitely, I guess a little more predictable in that Indiana was having to, to sit some guys and that looked like a game that the Spurs could steal. And they really, in an uncharacteristic development for them, um, did kind of what we expected them to do. Yeah. Um, Pace, Pacers were on the second of a back to back. Right. I want to go back and take a moment to admit I was wrong about something though. Oh my gosh. Like all year long, I've been sure that Jakob Pertl was the best player on the Spurs, and if not, maybe the entire NBA. Now you're going to say he's the best player in history. No, I think it's Drew Eubanks. Oh, okay. okay. Have you watched this guy play the last couple games? It's amazing. Yeah. 13 <laughs> rebounds in back-to-back games. Two career. He's got two career triple doubles, and he did them in the span of – triple doubles, double doubles. He did him in the span of two of three games. Triple doubles would be something. I mean, it's coming. It's the triple doubles are coming. The triple doubles are coming for you. I mean, I, I just can't decide if it's going to be assists or blocks. Maybe steals. Maybe steals. Came within a point against the Pacers of another double double. Can we talk about how friend of the podcast William Land of Bally Sports? has one of the calls that makes me laugh like no other call in the NBA perhaps when when Drew Eubanks dunks the basketball for some reason we get Bill Land screaming leave it to Beaver like that's pretty good there's yeah there's yeah there's a reason that's funny but anyway where yes where the Buffalo roams when Derek hits a three yes yes I like it I just it's just uh, the you know the, the 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 local cages are having fun again. It seems like right, and you know I make I, I joke, but having a guy like Drew Eubanks um, step up and be a double double machine has been a pretty interesting development. I mean, they kind of tried to give his minutes away, Gorgie Jang. Like that was the that was kind of the reason they signed him. They wanted a different sort of big man backing up Jakob Pertl, and then Gorgie can't play basically at all since the first five minutes he got here. And and so they had to go back to Drew, and he totally like has made the most of it. Like he's he's been a big part of their success, the success that they've had over the last couple of uh, couple of couple of games. And you know, I'm not I'm not saying he's an every night rotation player for the rest of his life, but I think he is another one of those success stories of guys they just kind of took off the off the undrafted pile and left him in the G League for a while and then you know he can be a productive guy for 15 minutes or so a game so i, I you know he's 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 been a fun guy to watch the most the most recent game which we tend to talk about a lot on this podcast where we have some recency bias but the 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 most recent one this time was Indiana a couple of things there you have Jakob Pertl leading the fast break which i believe uh uh Jeff and Tom got pop to talk about last night also another thing that um pop had mentioned was the uh the kind of mystery of why people are, are trying to pick a fight with patty mills what's going on there i would love to get the yeah. bomb of that that's that's kind of the problem with this zoom era is you only get uh-huh. the guys that they give you on zoom that's that's us and the and the writers in indiana 
I think if there was a situation where you could grab someone in the locker room, I mean, we didn't get to talk to Patty. It would be nice. It would be nice to hear Patty's side of this story. I mean, I'm sure he would be magnanimous about it or try to try to downplay it, but it'd be nice to get some facts and it'd be nice for someone in Indiana, one of our Indiana uh, beat writing counterparts to be able to talk to Jakar Sampson and ask what got into him. Um, so we don't really know why, why people are, are trying to, fight patty mills but it's like picking a fight with like the the lucky charms leprechaun like who does that (laughs) well but that 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 leprechaun has an attitude he's he's a bit of an instigator i think that's a good point what he would that's a good point kind of like what he would yeah yeah he's yeah that would make much more sense than picking a fight with patty you're actually correct then you had then you had derek uh derek holding back uh uh rudy muhammad ali gay Kind of like yes. Bundini, Bundini Brown, you know, when, when Ali would do the fake, uh, you know, I'm coming at you. I'm coming at you. Uh-huh. It, it was great. It was that was entertaining to watch. I don't want to put That's thoughts the- on anybody. I don't want to speak for anybody, but I really think if if that had been just like a pickup court with nobody holding anybody back, I think Rudy would have hit him. I really think. Yeah, Rudy was yeah. close. no question. <laughs> was, yeah, I think Rudy was, was pretty and good for him. Rudy is one of Rudy, who's one of the most delightful people you could ever hope to talk to in the NBA, but I, I wouldn't want to be on the receiving end of uh, his no. ire. Yeah, put it that he's way. He's not taking crap, and he's not—he's yeah. not taking—he's not letting Patty take crap either. And Pat, hey, Patty didn't back down either. By the way, Patty was right up no, in there. He kind of no. gave it back. That was sort of the—we just, we just know what the video looked like, and it was, uh, you know, uh, on the Pacers' offensive end, it was Samson just shoving. <laughs> Coming Patty into the front row uh, on a rebound, mm-hmm. and yeah. you know Patty yeah. could have let that slide maybe, but came back to the other end and kind of gave him a little pop as he ran by him, and so that's what got Jakar pushing him, you know, pushing him back, and then the headbutt. Um, you know, I, we're, this is this is early what early, early Tuesday morning. I'm assuming Jakar is going to have some sort of suspension and fine coming. By the way, we haven't heard anything yet, but I, that seems pretty obvious. And maybe there was some instigation on Patty's part, but it it, it certainly wasn't apparent. Um, it just seemed that shove shove in the back came out of nowhere. On the note of uh, NBA action on things, it, it was kind of a funny story. Um, you know, the 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 league deciding to find the Spurs twenty five thousand dollars, which isn't a huge amount even for a small market team like the Spurs for for resting was it DeMar DeRozan, Patty Mills and Jakob Purtle against Phoenix um when Greg Popovich talked about that the next time he was available it was kind of a shrug of yeah we kind of expected that and that's fine and I I guess that's a that's a healthy way to look at it. We, you, it's easy to poke fun at the absurdity of the NBA finding a team for resting players in a game they won by 26 points. But as Pop pointed out, this is kind of the policy. Everyone has agreed to it. And if a team wants to just take the hit of 25K um, to protect their guys, they'll do it. Um, yeah, it, it, I, I, it, I think... I think it's I think it's pretty audacious on the NBA's part to give a team 40 games in 68 nights. And uh, there's a long time in there where I'm going like they need to rest some people like they went a long time without really sitting anybody. 
And so they finally do, and then, oh, $25,000. Like, there's just some audacity to give a team this schedule and then complain about how they rest, rest, rest guys for one game, which, they again, they won by 26 points. Like, it's just... I, uh, I agree with that sentiment. Um, it, it is... Audacious is a good word for for making a team play as many games as they played in as few days and then saying and then quote unquote saying they can't rest people. But I think that's more of a wink wink fine than anything. I don't think that's killing anybody. And I think that's just a way I'm, I'm this is coming off as me defending the league and I'm not really doing that. I'm kind of explaining that I, I think the rationale here is we kind of have to for our broadcast partners, for um, just appearances sake, encourage teams to play their guys. But we're not really like the, the 25,000 is not going to um, be a deterrent for a team that wants to rest a few guys every now and then. I don't think. Yeah, I suppose. I just, I, I, I think, I, I, I don't know. Let's to, not play. I mean, 25,000 is not a lot of money, but you're also already losing money in the pandemic season. That's true. Like, it's not like you just have money yeah, on it anyway. To, I just, I, to I Jeff's know. point. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're saying the whole thing was they don't want to rest guys on the road, rest them mm-hmm. at home. You're resting guys in Phoenix. I, I, what was the attendance there? You know what? Yeah. Right. You know, where, where's. Okay. I'm getting more worked up about this more. Y'all talk about it. Well, here's, 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 here's my deal. Here's my deal. Um, this, this all, this all kind of dates to a, a league policy that came down in 2019 where, mm-hmm. okay, the load management, the resting was getting out of control. So I understand the impetus for this policy where you you'd rest them at home if you can you don't rest multiple players on the same night that policy also includes except for quote-unquote unusual circumstances usual circumstances. i would say this whole freaking season is an unusual circumstance <laughs> and if not yeah. especially this month especially for the spurs the time since the all-star break especially when you're playing every other night or every night you're in the on the last night of a five and seven like i i think all of that should qualify as unusual circumstances Case closed. Yeah, I would, I would, I would agree with all that. Case closed. I I guess my my point is the Spurs probably expected the fine to come. Oh, they did. They did. I mean, and we're and we're we're fine with it. (laughs) Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, they and and would do it again. I mean, they they talked to the league before, so this is what they're going to do. I assume the league said, "Okay, but we're going to fine you," and they're like, "Eh, okay." Yeah. But I would, all things being equal, I, they would prefer not to give up the money and just be able to do what they need to do. What do you got? I don't know. I, These are- I, I think you get, I think you get a pass in a pandemic season. That would be my. And the other thing I've never understood about any of this: every single player in the entire league right now has a sore something. So instead of saying uh-huh. Addy Mills is out with rest, sore knee, sore foot, and then then all of a sudden you're, there's no fine. Like I don't know why teams don't do that. I think it's why even designate rest? You want to rest a, rest a guy. He's got a sore back. He's got a sore knee. He's got a sore ankle. Like everybody in the league has that. So write that down and go on with life and save your money. Teams need to be smarter about this. <laughs> Actually, I, I, it's, it's the Spurs kind of proving a point saying that, no, we, we, we deserve – um, the right to rest guys for another reason than rest. 
And also, like, uh, you know, why not be truthful? I'm on, I'm on the side of truth. Because it costs you $25,000. I'll lie my ass off for $25,000. Well, I, the, the Express, the, the Jeff McDonald's views do not represent the San Antonio Express. Because we would not lie our rear ends off for any amount of money. <laughs> Most of us like that. That's just setting an awful precedent. Most 99.9% of the people who work for the San Antonio Express News do find Jeff McDonald's comments outrageous. That that is just outrageous. And I want to put my foot down on this podcast that I think that you should be kicked off this podcast and maybe – like fired from the newspaper. I think David Stern needs to come down on this. I'm about to, I'm about to, I'm about to come over there and go Jakar Sampson. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyway, no, I'm on the you side of, to find your undisclosed location. I'm on the side of truth and we all should be on the side of truth. And by the way, if you're on the side of truth, listen to this segue here. If you're on the side <laughs> of the truth, come to expressnews.com where we have great deals for all kinds of truth, um, more truth than you can handle. Pay by the month, pay by the year, have access to the digital product, the print product, subscribe to the Spurs Nation newsletter where you get truth from Tom Horsborn and I guess truth from Jeff McDonald, although I'm not sure. It comes at uh, a price. Yeah. Anyway, uh, we'd appreciate your, your support there. Also, like and can you like a podcast i don't know if you can but rate the podcast and review the podcast wherever you get your podcasts that was the spiel where were we uh before this tom what were you gonna say you know we're talking about truth and lying you know people people lie on those ratings all the time too when they rate our podcast i don't believe that either yes they say things like uh they say things like they say things like, it's a great podcast, but we hate Jeff, which is clearly a lie. Like, that's two lies in one. Um, you're so cynical. I, 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 I believe the, the, pop, the ratings are real. I believe that people's distaste for you is real. Um, I just believe. No, I'm a lovable. I'm as lovable as Patty Mills. I just believe in people. Everyone uh-huh. loves me. Speaking of curious decisions, and I'm not worked up uh, on this like, like some of the fans are, but – you know, and Mike mentioned it earlier, but Devin Vassell, you know, he he misses two games uh, or, or sits out against coach's decision against Toronto and Portland, plays really well against Phoenix, and then last night against Indiana, you know, doesn't come in until late. Um, you know, we asked Pop about it, and, you know, his answer was, uh, we just played other people. But it, it is curious, and and I'm just uh, like to hear your thoughts uh, on that subject. Their rotation is the rotation, I guess, is the way Who's to put thoughts? it. Pop's got his rotation, and I, I, yeah. we can argue that either yeah. way. Yeah, no, I know, I know. And, and like I said, I'm not worked up about it, but it is, it is kind of curious, just uh, his up and down um, minutes that he's, that he's been getting. So Pop's doing what he normally does, which is tighten the rotation mm-hmm. as, as the season goes along, as we gear up towards playoff time. But, uh, you know, it could be argued that's that's counterintuitive when you've also got the schedule there that they're playing. And then maybe using that depth a little more would, would be uh, applicable in a season such as this. And then you do play Devin and Vassell, and he has a great game of fingers. I'll tell you what, if the Spurs play the Suns, and the Spurs have the highest scoring guy named Devin, they're going to win that game. 
I think. <laughs> so you'd think he'd earn some playing. Uh, surely he earned some playing time. We just don't know when it's going to come. It's going to come the next time they want to rest people probably. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I realize this is a, um, maybe not great attitude for a podcast host or a guy who's supposed to have hot takes about basketball teams. But I just, though I find the rotation argument, some of the most mind numbing, boring, boring, um, so boring conversations in the history of the world. Like, cause you could make any argument about if, if, for some reason, like DeMar DeRozan didn't play for five games and was just on the end of the bench. Like I'd ask some questions about that. Mm-hmm. But the, 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 the Facel thing is just kind of how they've always been. Um, and sure, he could play more, but you could make the argument about, like you could make the argument that Drew Eubank should have been playing more than they, uh, uh, when he was sitting. Um, I don't know. I'm already getting bored by this. <laughs> for every guy you want him to play – like if that guy played, there'd be a there'd be another guy that you'd be. Why isn't that guy playing? And it just becomes whack a mole. Why isn't this guy? And yeah, we're gonna yeah. do the same thing next year with whoever they draft. There's gonna be a there's gonna yeah. be a big play play Trey Jones. Why don't they play Trey Jones more next year? Um, like it's just every year. And I've been doing this for twelve years now. Which is name your guy. What's what's up with Pops yeah. Mensabansu? Why isn't he getting time? You know, why is Malik Hairston yep. in the jury just on, just on and on and on and on. And I, I, and I guess I get jaded to that argument because I've just heard it with all these, just, you know, no offense to these guys, some of these guys from back in the day, but just kind of numb nuts that I've just jaded to where like, every time I hear that, I'm just like, Oh, shut up. I don't care about why so-and-so is not playing or why. And sometimes there might be a good argument for it, but I tend to dismiss just because I'm just mind numbed. Like you said. And it's, 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 I I don't like, I'm not, I'm not, um, dumping on the, on the argument itself or the the discussion because especially for a team that is, is not going to win the NBA championship this year and has had some rough weeks. Like it's something for people who watch the games to talk about. I don't, I don't begrudge anyone's right to, to, um, to wonder yeah. about just leave whoever's me out. not playing whenever, whenever <laughs> to, to wonder about who's not playing whenever the team is losing, but it's kind of just the way the team has been run for a long time. And you, um, you have to give the organization some, some credit for knowing how to develop guys. I mean, that's been, they, they've been one of the best. They still, even when they're not competing for championships, all their draft picks over the past five years are getting developed pretty well. And they haven't missed on really any, I guess Mm. Luca is the one that's up in the air as to whether or not he's going to turn out or not, but they're hitting on all their draft picks. They're all developing. I mean, if they just play them, just play them. We don't know. We don't know about Luca. Just play him. In that game against Phoenix, you know, there'd been a chorus out there to play Luca more. Uh, he finally got his start against Phoenix and the Spurs just ran rough shot over the Suns with him in the starting line, lineup. But did, did, did he score? Uh, yeah, he, he still is not quite ready. This, this would be, he's, he's missing out on another year of, uh, of G league. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Th- and, and if we want to talk about development and, and some issues that's going to, but how's he, how's he ever going to develop? If you don't play him, you got to play him to develop him. Would you stop being like this for like five seconds? 
it's it's it just, just wears on people. It just wears. I'm just advocating the devil. Um, the, the 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 point is like that they could use an entire G League season for both him for for Trey Jones for whoever else could use some time. And if like if Vassell was not going to be in the rotation, he could be playing a day a week in the in the G League or whatever. You know, it's no, it's. I think that 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 could be an issue down the road for lots of teams to, to miss out on, on G league opportunities this year. The interesting um, thing about the G league, they brought it up on the broadcast last night. This first TV fellas, uh, that Phoenix game was the first time in a couple of seasons that a team started five guys that all had G league experience. So I think that, that yeah. points to the Spurs development, um, you know, program. That, that even guys that are kind of huge for them now, a big part of the rotation and a big part of whatever success they have, such as DeJounte Murray and Derek White, um, you know, all had had G League experience on their resumes. It's, it's part of the it's it's part of the process now um, when it comes for the Spurs to the Spurs developing young players. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah, and they've, I, done a, they've done a good job of like like other teams. I mean, they're not the only ones, but um of kind of finding that mix between the up and comers and the guy, like you don't want to throw out um, your veterans completely. There's no team really when you look around the league, all the teams that are on the fringe of the playoff birth of the playoff race, all the seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven 11 seeds. I mean, no one is just completely throwing out all the veterans and going yeah. young. Everybody's I, playing some guys. Um, it's, it's a mistake you, to play eight, nine guys, 25 and younger. Any team that's doing that, yeah. I would say you're you're making a mistake. And and that God, that's another argument. I that's another argument. I kind of um, shrug my shoulders at is is the the idea that if if you're not competing for a title, then you just don't play veterans at all because they're not part of your future. Like no team does that. Maybe Oklahoma City is the only team that has completely not playing any veterans anymore. But it, again, we, we mentioned this before on the podcast, learning how to win is part of uh, an organization's growth. And I think that if you just decided that we're not going to play Patty Mills and Rudy Gay and DeMar DeRozan, LaMarcus Aldridge, all those guys, if, if none of them played at all this year, um, you know, Luca would have more minutes. Devin Vassell yeah. would have more minutes. I mean, you, but it would just be a beat down of being getting your butt beat every night, and well, that's and you've not also, fun for people or or good for people either. You've got three classes of players on on a roster. You've got like the seasoned veterans who've been there, done that, know it all, know how to play the game. Um, your Rudy Gay's, your Demar Derozan's, Patty Mills. You got the guys in the middle that a bit that are still young guys, still young in the league, still growing, but they've been here. They've been here a little while, you know. Derek White, Jante Murray, and then you've got the super young guys that that don't know, uh-huh. um, you know, their butts from a hole in the ground. Don't know what they're doing. And I would argue it doesn't do the middle guys, Dejounte Murray, Derek White. It doesn't help their development if the only people they're playing with are guys that don't know right. what they're doing. Right. You know what I mean? Like they are learning from they are learning by playing with the Demar. Their their development is is kind of dependent on playing with the Demar Derozans and the Rudy Rudy Gays and the Patty Mills. Yeah. And if you throw them out there with guys that now that don't know where to go or what to do, or or you know, Pop's got to got to shrink the playbook or 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 uh, limit his calls because those guys don't know that terminology or don't know that hand signal. 
it doesn't help the Derek Whites and, and the John T. Murray. So there is a balance that has to go on. Yep. And uh, yeah. to, to, go ahead, Tom. Well, I agree with everything you guys are saying. I just thought I'd bring it up for our uh, no, viewers. No, and I know they're discussion. not viewers, they're listeners. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> well, and okay, I'll, I'll and, and I'm, I'm not dismissing the argument. Like, would would more Devin Vassell be good for Devin Vassell? Oh, sure. Yeah, sure. Sure. Would, 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 it, be, honestly, would, it, would just, it be good for the Spurs on some night? Sure, it could be. It's just you got to pick some guys. I, I also want to make this point. Um, Kelton Johnson last year was a rookie was a first round pick did not really break into the rotation until right before the the pandemic hit i think he he played in a couple of games on that road trip uh-huh. and, and was showing some sparks but there'd been a there'd been kind of a call in the in the weeks and months before that more kelton johnson more kelton johnson um he was he was getting a lot of time in the g league and growing his game that way um, then once you get to the bubble, he's kind of a revelation. He plays great. Um, now this year, he's in his second year, like often happens with Spurs players. He becomes a big part of the rotation from the beginning. Um, had a great start to the season and then kind of hit a wall, which is natural. My, my, my question my, and my point with all this is, at the beginning of last year, of his rookie year, when there was this this sentiment that you're doing Kelden this huge disservice by not getting him this playing time early, like would more playing time for Kelden Johnson last December, January, if he would have been just thrown into it right away, would he better be better off now than he is now? I, I would sort of argue that he he wouldn't be, and that a lot of this is much ado about nothing, and we're probably going to find the same thing about. Devin Vassell next year um, and that he's, he's improving at his pace and that a few minutes here and there probably are not going to make or break his NBA career or, or, or affect the direction of it that much. The, Am I wrong the, there? I No, I, I agree. The G league thing will be interesting to watch to me because while Keldon right. wasn't playing a lot, he was last year, he was playing a, you know, a full G League, G League season up until the pandemic. Devin hasn't had that opportunity. He's either playing with the Spurs or he's he's riding the pine. So it'll be interesting to see yep. if that if that slows down anything. But I don't. I, I in general, I think you're correct. I think we're going to see more Devin Vassell next year, and I think he's going to be fine for it. I, I do think that the jury is out on Luca, um, who you see flashes of um, what the Spurs saw when they drafted him. You see flashes of a guy who could be uh, kind of a, a, a key member of this core of guys of, that they have over the past five drafts, a guy they'd want to keep around. But also, I think Luca, even more than Devin Vassell, you also see a guy that the Spurs might think, hey, we might not want to throw him out here into the fire too much because that could be counterproductive if he's not right. going to be... Right. Uh, if he's not going to be effective or comfortable, he might, it might so hurt his confidence many, to be out there that much. So many, so many young players throughout the NBA just have their careers almost submarine by being thrown into situations that they're not ready for. Right. Just thrown and, out and there. If the Spurs proud. do make errors, the Spurs do make errors uh, like every other team, but they, they're an error on the side of caution team. Yeah. Um, 
And yeah, I think sure. that that's just something that you kind of have, a, have to anticipate from and expect from them. Um, we're, we're going a little longer than usual this week, but I did want to point out uh, before we left the schedule coming up, which we usually discuss, um, it could be a, a, a big pivotal week in terms of that play in tournament. You, you might get your four and five. You might get your four wins in five games. I mean, you have a shot at it. I think if you, you count do, the two, they, um, if you count the two, they've already pocketed right now. Right, right. You got a Miami Detroit back to back at home, and and the home part of it might be a negative for for the local cagers because <laughs> they're not so good at home. But but it, what what I wanted to mention before we left was um, at at the time of this recording, the Spurs have a uh, three and a half game lead on the Pelicans for that last spot. I think it's all going to come down to the Spurs and the Pelicans yep. for the 10th spot, the last spot in the play-in. Um, the Spurs face the Pelicans in New Orleans, which is, a, is an advantage for the Spurs. Maybe not because it's New Orleans. Um, they play them on Saturday. And think, think, think of it this way. If the Spurs go into that game with a four-game lead in the loss column, which is that's what they have now, that's what it could be. That could be a three-game swing um, in terms of, of that last playoff spot. If, if the Pelicans win, then it, goes from it, then, then it goes from four to three. Okay, the Spurs are, are three games ahead with the Pelicans having the tiebreaker because they, they split the season series so far. This is going to be the third game. Yep. If, the, if the Spurs win... Then they have a five-game lead in the loss column, which is really six because the Spurs have the tiebreaker. Um, the Spurs win in New Orleans, and it's looking pretty solid. That might be too far out, far out on a limb, uh, but that, 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 of, that's a huge no, move I, I towards agree. securing that 10th spot. I agree with you. Now, yeah, assuming all the numbers you say are correct by the time they get to Saturday. Um, and, and if they lose that game, it's not. I mean, it, it's a race. They're still they're still yeah, ahead. Right, right. But I mean, win, winning that game could per, could essentially knock the Pelicans out. I mean, I and think then you're yeah. Just, I th- I think if this if, yeah if that happens, I think the spur you can start looking at is there anyone ahead of them they can catch. Right. And, I mean, there's. St- I mean, Which, uh, playing so good, so it's hard <laughs> it's hard to see him catching Steph. But they're still in striking distance of like Memphis, who was yeah. who was playing a rugged schedule. Like I, you know. But I, I I do find it uh, doubtful, dubious that the Spurs get out of that get it get out of that nine ten game. They're probably yeah. going to be in a situation yeah. where you're going to be playing. You're going to be playing a nine ten game. Winner uh, winner advances. Loser goes home. Yeah, and then and a lot after of that, that game, you with- have to you have to beat the loser of the seven eight game to get. A lot of my my. Uh- pessimism about the Spurs getting to eight would be you still got two games left against Utah, two games left against Phoenix game left against Milwaukee, a game left against Philadelphia. Like there's just a lot of, a lot of losses left on that schedule. So it's hard to see them moving up. But like you said, if they do, if they win, if they can take care of some business and then beat the Pelicans on Saturday, they'll have a big enough cushion. I think in the, in at least nailing down that 10 spot. And then you get in a play in game. And if you don't, make it out of the playing tournament you get a lottery pick so it's the best of yeah. both worlds i think that seems like a, a a a glass half full outlook that seems like a oh, no I lose situation I gotta, I gotta do something that seems like a no lose uh situation and that seems like a like a positive 
vibe for us to leave like we always like to leave on uh, for people out there to see that even if you don't get what you're shooting for, there can be a consolation prize that could be just as valuable and lovely. And I, I want you to take that with you for the rest of the week as you take care of each other and keep it real. 